Welcome to another edition of uh, Unwritten Rules on Iowa Cubs Podcast. I'm Randy Wayhofer, Vice President, Assistant General Manager, and I'm joined by our manager, Marty Peavy, for uh, today's uh, installment. Make sure you like and subscribe and share uh, wherever you get your podcasts and look for new episodes uh, every week throughout the season and the offseason. This has been a lot of fun. And Marty, it's nice to, to have you part of it. Nice to have you back. Uh, I wish that we... Uh, could sit and talk more often this year like we used to. I think that's one of the things about uh, working in baseball that is the greatest is the relationships and the conversations and the the shared things. How has things been like for you this year uh, with all the restrictions and, and the rules and just having a whole different routine? Well, you know, it's it's uh, before I even make a schedule for the day, a daily schedule the night before, uh, I basically have to check the manual to make sure that I'm following protocol and to make sure that um, the people that help with the intake can be there at that time. If I want to have an earlier day or a later day, first of all, the rules state that when you're at home, you can't, you can't, you're not supposed to have the players there, but five hours prior to the game. And then on the road, uh, four hours prior to the game. So things have changed. Does it change for, uh, you know, for, not only people in the United States, people in baseball, but everybody around the world. So it's different for sure. One of the things that I thought might be different about this year because of all those rules was lack of player movement, that guys would have to kind of stay with their group instead of moving around because we have 250, 300 transactions in an average sum of the last couple of years. But that has not been the case. We've been moving guys between here and Chicago still quite a bit and uh, you know, because of injury and all sorts of uh, other reasons. The most common question that I get asked from people in the community, especially after I got my assistant general manager job and stopped doing the radio was, oh, does that mean you're involved in picking players now and scouting? I said, no, no, no. my my general manager title has nothing to do uh, with those kinds of things. Uh, tell us a little bit about the, pro- the real process of you're the one that gets the word from Chicago and, and tell people when somebody's going to Chicago, how you're involved and, and how that usually goes. Well, I'll tell you a little story and it involves, um, let's see, for instance, uh, Dylan Maples. All right. He's here now on a rehab assignment, but um, a couple of years ago, Dylan Maples is getting hot in the bullpen. It's the, it's the top of the ninth. We're going to use him to close. And, um, you know, I don't carry my phone to the dugout, but we got a phone call in the dugout with one of the uh, trainers and um, do not use Dylan Maples. We had, and we didn't know if he was going to get called up or not, but whatever you do, don't use Dylan Maples. Okay. So you sit him down do you get somebody up and maybe not have enough time to get them ready? Or do you tell the person that you just told they're out of the game that they're going back in to get another out or two, or, you know, hopefully close the game out, to get the save. So it's a, uh, it's an extraordinary process. Things happen in Chicago all the time. Um, and it's all about us, you know, getting those guys prepared, but also um, having to change um, our thinking through the course of not only the season and the day and the week, but during, you know, the game, right in the middle of the game. So a lot of times, you know, why didn't he do this or why didn't he do that? 
to try to win the game. Why didn't he use that guy off the bench or whatever? It's trust me, there's a reason we can't talk about it. And it's not announced. It can't be even be announced until Chicago announces it. So a player might not be used or could be used or can't be used. And it's not announced for another 36 hours, but there's a, there's a whole process behind it. And it's to make sure that the Chicago Cubs um, have players to win a championship. I know one of the thrills of your job, because you've told me before, is getting to tell that player that he's going to the big leagues for the first time and being the one to, to relay that message. So when it's not in the ninth inning and the guys get warmed up in the bullpen, but you get a call after a game and you get to get called a guy in, uh, do you have uh, – uh, sometimes you do it with a little bit of fun. Sometimes uh, there's lots of different emotions. Uh, talk about just memories you may have, maybe not even specifically or specifically, whatever, but that thrill that you get as the AAA manager getting to tell the guy that his dreams come true. Yes, yeah, joys, happiness, um, tears sometimes, um, especially with a guy like uh, um, that just got called up and uh, he's in Chicago now. He's setting up. Um, oh, what's his name? Uh, right-hander. Tapera or no? Well, not Tapera. Although he was in Toronto, not Tapera, but uh, uh, Tommy Nance. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I, mean, uh, I forgot Tommy about Nance, Tommy Nance. It comes right off the top of you know the in my mind because we're sitting on the bus driving. We're at the B site in in uh, South Bend, and we're going over to play the White Sox. And on the way back, you know, he's you know, Tommy Nance is basically, we're sitting six feet apart, of course, with our masks on. <laughs> and um, he's telling me about his trials and tribulations. And, um, and I, and I understood because, you know, we're talking about a guy that's got a degree in chem chemical engineering here and he wants to be a baseball player. And it's been an awesome ride for him. You know, it, you know, a lot of heartache, but, Right now, it's uh, you know you're you're on top of the world, so it's really exciting to tell Tommy Nance he was going to the big leagues. Uh, I I have not certainly been in the room, but there have been times where I've been in the hallway when the door was shut, waiting to talk to you about something else, and you you see the look on on the guy's face, uh, and and the memorable ones are the joys, but there's the tough part of that too, telling a guy that he's got to go back to Double A or, or sometimes he's done. Uh, and that, that may be, may, may be the end of the road that it's a pretty heady responsibility that, that a manager has beyond the X and O's of the game. Yeah. It's um, it's, it's, that's a tough, that's, that's really tough, Randy. Um, we're talking about, you know, a guy's dreams and aspirations that he has uh, worked his whole life for. And um, it's, it's, it's not fun. I don't care if he's, Hitting 061 for you, you care about the person and you hope that you can make that person, that player, a better person, um, you know, in his life. You know, you hope you touch something that make, gives him a better life. And um, to tell him he's not going to be involved with that anymore is, is a difficult process for sure. We're visiting with Marty Peavy today on our Unwritten Rules Iowa Cubs podcast. I'm Randy Wayhofer. Make sure you like and subscribe and, and listen every week to our, our podcast. This has been a, a lot of fun. Uh, and Marty Peavy, our guest uh, manager, is this nine seasons now? I, I never know how to count last year. 
uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it would have been 10 years this year, right? Something like that. I'm not sure. You know, it's, it's been, it's been, a, a, I'll tell you one thing, the people in Des Moines have been awfully, awfully good to me. Well, and that includes the front office here for the Iowa Cubs too. Well, and, and for as much as we talk about baseball and hitting and pitching and, and some of the things we've already touched on, this is a relationship business. Uh, who, who you trust, your teammates as a manager in the bullpen or the guy coming off the bench, your pitching coach, your hitting coach. If you don't have trust, you really don't have much in baseball. And that that expands a lot, a lot of ways beyond the dugout, doesn't it? Yeah. I, I mean, I'll tell you what, we're really fortunate here. Um, having uh, Ron Vallone and, and Desi Wilson, Griffin Benedict, those guys have been um, fantastic. Uh, you know, our, after the first, I guess, uh, two weeks, the team, you know, a lot, there was a lot of injuries in Chicago and, and uh, a lot of um, turnover here with the Iowa Cubs. Um, you know, we went from winning a lot of games to losing a lot of games in about two days. So it was difficult and um, uh, the transition, but we don't change. We keep grinding and, and that's just the way it is. You, like RV says, you, uh, you're, you've got to be relentless. And um, that's the way we go about our business. And, and uh, it's, it's just baseball. I think this is my 40th year. Well, uh, you know, when, when I was doing the radio and you and I were doing this regularly on, on Sundays before day games and the pregame show, I, uh, one of the fun things that we did was uh, revisit some of the players you've had over the, it wasn't quite 40 years then, but uh, working with a lot of guys at, at a lot of levels uh, without going all the way deep into the archive, though, this is a good opportunity uh, with this audience of Cub fans that we have. Uh, and now with a little bit of time removed to kind of reflect on Chris Bryant, Javi Baez, Wilson Contreras, and what they were as AAA players and what you worked with them with, and now looking at all-star games and awards and World Series titles and what they've grown into, I, I, I think we always hope that what we're seeing now uh, was what they were coming into, but there's certainly not a, a straight line between. Uh, anything that stands out, let's start with uh, Chris. Uh, he was kind of the almost the, the, the can't-miss guy so steady, so even keel, all the awards that he was winning. But it's not as easy as he kind of made it look, is it? Uh, no, I think he had um, – I think he had like 23 homers in double A, got here and hit like 16 more. Um, it was – and, you know, the funny thing is he never really hit him in BP. You know, he just stayed right center and, and uh, drove the ball to the opposite field, wanted the ball out over the plate, and um, – uh, the one thing that he worked on the most, and he's not playing that much third base now, was um, being under control at third base. You know, getting his feet right. Um, he's he's such a really he's such a good athlete. He's got good hands to begin with, but he had an, a plus plus arm. I don't know if you remember when he first got here. He everything he fielded, he threw as hard as he could to first base, and um, that was. I know that sounds odd, but. We wanted him to be more um, on a routine ball, make a routine throw, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And um, instead of throwing it, because that's where any of his errors came in, not on his fielding, but on his throwing. And in his mind, if he didn't throw it 100%, then he, you know, he wasn't being a third baseman, I guess. But now, you know, after about 
of a week of, you know, a lot of, of buckets and buckets full of ground balls, um, he got it. And uh, when an athlete like him gets it, they don't lose it. You know, he's kind of the opposite of, of Javi when you think about maturity and understanding. Uh, Don Mattingly was the manager of the Dodgers when they were bringing up Yasiel Puig, and he had a great quote that Puig was like a Lamborghini without a paint job. Uh, <laughs> and I think you could say a little bit about uh, Javi the same way uh, when he was a AAA player. Everything was under the in, uh, under the hood. The engine was there. It, it was it was there. We just needed that those finishing touches to make it look as as pretty as all the all the nuts and bolts to to put it together. And that maturity did come. And we still see a little bit of instances of. Uh, you know, swinging, swinging crazy and, and, and chasing pitches. But from where he was as a triple A player to where he is now is, is, is really amazing to watch. And, and I'm sure you had a, a role in that and all the staff members had a role in helping him understand why that was important. Well, <clears throat> Javi spent a many of post games on my couch. <laughs> and, um, just, uh, just talking about staying under control and, letting the game come to you rather than you trying to go out and, and, um, and grab it by the horns and wrestle it to the ground because it doesn't work that way. If you remember his first, his first year here, man, man, oh man, did he struggle? Holy smokes. Not only did he struggle on offense, but he struggled on defense too. Um, make those, un, those El Mago plays and then routine ground ball just booted, you know? So, um, Javi is Javi's Javi. He um he he uh he also spent he would wait for he would wait for guys to leave. I'd still be here a lot of nights and I would hear down the cage. You could hear the I don't think you I don't know if you remember, but we put that iron mic machine down there. Remember? Yeah. And we, we didn't have it bolted to the ground, we had it sandbagged. So every time about oh 50 or 75 pitches were thrown, it would get offline again. You'd have to go back down there and beat it with a, a, a two pound sledgehammer to try to get it back in, you know, online to throw strikes again. So uh, many, many nights, Hobby filled that, filled that auger up with, uh, with baseballs and hit and hit and hit. And, you know, a lot of people didn't even know about that. Trainers would be gone. The only people that would be here is me and Scuba Steve. <laughs> Uh, we, we mentioned Wilson Contreras, and, and there's some similarities between Javi and, and Wilson and, and what the, we've talked about. But I know you spent a lot of time working on, as a former catcher yourself, helping him understand the relationship he had to have with the pitching staff, in addition to being a great hitter and a great athlete and all those things. And would you ever have imagined the relationship he would have with John Lester leaving here and what those two turned into and following in David Ross's footsteps as the player uh, to take over that role. I, I, I think about that a lot and you a lot when I, when I see him play and, and what he turned into in that regard. Oh, you probably remember Tacoma. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know, it was, he, let's just put it this way. Wilson is, um, is, uh, was, was, and maybe still is at sometimes very emotional, um, unbelievable talent. Um, got, you know, he's got more talent. He, Hey, he could have played, he could have played any outfield position or third, or he could have played second. I, I thought he was going to lead the national league and hitting. Honestly, I thought he was that kind of guy, but 
um, as you know, you get paid more for hitting homers. So, um, <laughs> so he's hitting some homers for as a catcher too. So, yep. uh, he is, uh, he's turned in. John Lester might've been the best thing that ever happened to, to Wilson Contreras, you know, it, it, Ross, I'm sure had a huge hand in it, but, but John Lester was almost a godsend for that kid. We're visiting with Marty Peavy. I'm Randy Wayhofer on Unwritten Rules. I guess I should know the name of the show we're doing. Unwritten Rules, an Iowa Cubs podcast. Make sure you like and share it and subscribe. And uh, Marty, we talked about your time in Des Moines. You're coming up on 500 wins. Uh, nobody looks for uh, individual accomplishments at AAA. Um, but when you do well enough and are consistent enough to accumulate some things, it does tell some of the story about what you mean to an organization, what, what you mean to a town, what, what, uh, what is your time here in the longevity and some of the things that go along with it mean to you? Well, uh, I, I did not know about the 500. Um, that's, uh, you know, that's neither here nor there really. I, I mean, that's, it's a, it's a testament to uh, longevity, I guess, but it's also a testament to the kind of people you've had around you. And, um, you know, from staff to players to uh, front office to grounds crew to everything else. And, and uh, you know, I just wish – I'll just put it this way. I wish it was warmer here in the winter, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Because I, I, I love it here. I really do. <laughs> there are some days when I'm blowing snow off my driveway that I wonder what I'm doing here in the winter. Uh, you tell me what I'm doing in Atlanta. <laughs> but when it's good it's really really good uh and and i i and some of that those nights it's right here at principal park when when it's really really good you, you mentioned being uh home in, in georgia uh, uh and i you spend time there but probably not as much as as people might think between spring training the season and then you've had the opportunity to be with the club in chicago in september uh from times when our our season has ended What's that like for you blending those roles? Because the manager has a very specific leadership role during the AAA season, but then being a support staff member uh, kind of on the front and back end of that uh, in, in spring training is probably a little bit different too. What, what are some of the things you do in spring training and in Chicago to kind of bookend our, our season to, to help out when you get those chances? Well, um, I was fortunate this year. Uh, it's the first time I've uh, been in charge of it, but uh, Rossi put me in a green. He put me in charge of, uh, I was in charge of me and RV were in charge of, uh, I know it sounds odd, but we took the, the major league staff pitching staff every day. And we were in charge of PFP bunning, slug bunning, um, our slash and there, and just hitting. And, um, so <laughs> Like I told RV, I said, we're going to have a hit. He said, you're going to be long today. I said, nope. Yeah, we are going to be long today. We're going to, we're going to have some hitting lessons. <laughs> you know, cause you, you got to remember a lot of those guys, they never swung the bat. You know, they didn't swing it a lot. They might've come from American league teams. Um, you don't know how much they know. Uh, having, a, having a guy like Kyle Hendricks in those groups is, is, uh, is a blessing. And, and, and this, you know, the same thing with uh, Jake Arietta. Jake Arietta loves to hit. He loves to handle the bat and um, do things that, you know, that he can do to help the club win. So 
those are small things that aren't often talked about, but they're big when it comes to in terms of uh, a winning or losing season. To wrap up today, Marty, uh, I I had D Gordon on the podcast uh, a week ago or so talking about Father's Day and becoming a new dad and how that's kind of changed his perspective on things. You've been a dad for a long time, but you're a new grandpa. Uh, how has that uh, changed things uh, for you now, too? That's got to be a lot of fun, I bet. Yeah, I'm. you know, my daughter sent me a picture today and uh, she sends pictures pretty much every day. But, um, you know, what a bundle. You know, what a little peanut. Uh, it's just uh, a blessing for all of us. And uh, I'm happy that the baby's healthy and my daughter's happy and healthy. And so it's uh, it's all good. Well, uh, I, I look forward to uh, seeing more pictures as the season goes along. I, I look forward to having more conversations and more stories now that I can come out during BP and, and talk to you in person again a little bit. Uh, we hope that things continue to get better, but uh, we're glad you're back. Uh, we're, we're, we're glad for uh, all the wins and all the losses. It's just fun to be at the ballpark. And we know the AAA, uh, as we started with, is about making sure Chicago's ready uh, more than what place the Iowa Cubs are in. And when things work out and the team wins a lot, that's a lot of fun too. But uh, keeping an eye on that overall mission is, is really the key to happiness at AAA, isn't it? Relentless. Like RV said, relentless. You got to stay relentless. Hell, we try to win every game we uh, put our pants on and uh, we go out there to win every single game. Um, and uh, that's that's the only way you can think about it, really. He's Marty Peavy. I'm Randy Wayhofer. This has been Unwritten Rules and Iowa Cubs podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure you like and subscribe and, and share. Let people know how much fun this is talking about how things really work at uh, AAA baseball. Uh, less about how guys are playing, but the stories of how they get to where they're going. That's kind of the fun part of, of what we do. Thanks, Skipper. Appreciate your time. Thank you, Randy. We'll be back next week.